Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to What's Your Favorite Scary Movie, our conversation about horror films. Uh, this live chat is sponsored by Media Pollution. Media Pollution creates custom sculptures, video walls, and sets, as well as interactive environments made from nostalgic technology like TVs, boomboxes, speakers, and computers. Find them on Instagram at Media Pollution or email them directly at MediaPollutionTV at gmail.com. Media Pollution. Old technology meets new media. I'm Bob Alex. And I'm Shani B. Today we're talking about the 2010 film Insidious and the best James Wan movies to get ready for the new film Malignant coming out this weekend. Yes. Before we get into that, uh, what else did you watch this week? Well, I finally watched The Craft Legacy and Ooh. I have many, many thoughts. I remember you liked it, right? Like that you did enjoy it. it. I feel like I really enjoyed the first hour-ish, and then I kind of thought it fell apart a little bit at the end. I don't know. it. The, the montage was really when I was like, what's going on with this montage? <laughs> Why are we taging for such a long time? I It definitely took a different turn. I, it was very, you know, 2020, I think, you know, 2020, 2021. It's very yeah. of the time where it's like, you know, we're not going to take advantage of someone. Mm-hmm. Also, it's interesting because I watched a movie with the main guy in that, Nicholas Glitzine. I butchered that. Um, he <laughs> is, yeah, so he's the guy who ends up committing suicide. Yes, which was so sad. I mean, I... I did appreciate that this one did a better job than Black Christmas, in my opinion, of trying to talk about those things a little bit more, trying to explore them. I guess I just, I wanted it to be just a little bit better because even though I am not a Feruza Balk fan, I love that first movie. It's so good. It's really good. Well, and it's definitely like, it's so hard because, you know, I think that like they, when you look at it, yeah, I can see where they were like, you know, let's not, it's kind of rapey in the sense where you're taking advantage of someone's mind. So I understand mm-hmm. how maybe they were trying to right some wrongs. With that said, I feel like that message was just too in our faces. I get it though, but I feel I feel like yeah. right now it's in this day and age, a lot of um, what entertainment is doing is trying to right wrongs. Um, yes. Sometimes, yes. which I'm like, I get it. But I was like, this is also fiction, you know? Right. This is a movie. We don't have to be perfect. Not every movie really has to shepherd young people into adulthood. I think many movies do do that. And I also think that we choose those movies. So I guess I wish the writers would trust us a little bit more the way that I think 90s writers did. You know, they they trusted us to see what those girls were sort of doing to Skeet Ulrich and and have a feeling about that, that we didn't have to watch them sort of berate each other on screen for. It was, I was sort of like, she's just a young girl. She doesn't understand, like, we're all just young people. We don't know these things. We're learning these things. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was almost very like, oh, adults are speaking for children right now. Yes. But the other thing that I watched was Modern Family. Just a sweet break. Did you watch that show when it was on? Oh, that that TV show, I it's so crazy. Yes, I did watch it. We actually watch it a lot in my house from like first season through 10th. I think we're on the third time of doing that. It's so, I love them a lot. I like what they did with the whole uh, mockumentary thing. I feel yes. like, I yeah, it just boggles, my, it annoys me now whenever you try, I, like I'm writing something that is a mockumentary and it, it just makes me like, ugh, when people are like, oh, that's like Modern Family. And I'm like, well, 
I'm pulling it from Christopher Guest, but yes, it's like Modern Family. That's correct. Christopher Guest, he is the king and creator of this kind of vibe, but I do love the period when there was a lot of mockumentary. I think my favorite is Reno 911. That's I love, that's my- well, that's the thing too. Reno like there were so many other things that came before Modern Family and now Modern Family was just on so long that I people are like, it. oh, Modern Family. Reno 911 was so good too, though. I guess Modern Family is kind of the pinnacle of sort of what the comedy genre itself figured out. And then somehow the like family comedy meets family drama also worked in this show. I find it to be such a unique experience, like Parks and Rec, sort of so much more emotional than you would think it was going to be. Even The Office, you know, like mockumentaries started in a really jokey spot and shows like Modern Family make them just show how possible they can be you know that that they don't have to just be cheap they could be like pretty meaningful yeah and the the writing on modern family is honestly like in my opinion like really really good i think that the jokes and the timing of that ensemble is so good so i mean it's definitely not just shit on modern family i think it's a really really good show same same it is a perfect sort of concoction and also not to shit on those original comedies because without yeah. Reno 911, we don't get so many of the most important things in life like Dangle, his short, his shorts, new boot goofing. Like there's just too many good, good memories from that. So I'm glad we touched on it quickly. Um, yes. but, but what about you? Uh, what did you watch this week? I watched a few things. So I guess, you know, up first, I watched uh, the first episode of American Horror Story Impeachment. Um, How was it? so good and it's like I was a little nervous because I had read some of the reviews for it but I'd been so excited and I uh more intrigued because Beanie is it Feldstein had been cast as Monica Lewinsky which I thought was a really interesting choice um but it is so excited so good it's we actually end up following Linda like wait is it uh what's her name oh yeah Linda um right right uh uh Linda Linda that's right so yeah, we end up following her a lot more, just getting an idea of what the motive is behind why, you know, why she did this with Monica Lewinsky. Um, and I love it. I love seeing Sarah Paulson in this kind of a role. Mm-hmm. Like being the bad, not the bad guy, but she's not the heroine. She's not the, the final girl on this. Um, nope. She's not the victim. She's nope. like the instigator. She so it's it's really it's really good. It's and people, yeah, it's really good. I'm really happy good. with where this is gonna go. So I'm excited yes. to see what happens with it. Cool. I can't wait to check that out. I really like when Ryan Murphy shifts and does those like real life stories dramatized. I loved the yeah. OJ one, right? Like the OJ one was so good. And I love Beanie Feldstein, so I'm very excited to revisit what I do remember happening in our lifetime once again with Ryan Murphy. Thank you, brother. And then um, I saw Cinderella. I saw, yeah, so Cinderella is the other The Camilla, The Camilla Camilla Cabello Cabello one. one, I really liked it a lot. I know people are shitting on it. I thought it was really good. I have to check it out. I feel like they've been trying really hard to advertise it to me, so I better check it out. And I love Camila Cabello ever since Me X Factor. Too. <laughs> See, I liked her in that. I went through a period where I did not like her anymore. But honestly, like the this Cinderella was pretty good. Like it, it's definitely a jukebox musical, which I didn't realize a lot of people don't know what that is. You know what that is, mm. right? 
Yes, yes. Like okay. a hit songs reimagined. Yeah, exactly. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. There's one original song in it, which Cinderella sings, which is also good. But it's funny. It also makes fun of itself. Mm-hmm. It's a little dry. I wasn't a huge fan of all the casting. I was like, whatever. I think it was really good. I think the the message is pretty good. The ending is different. So I was pretty happy with this Cinderella. Okay. I mean, I, I guess the princess stories are something that even when I was a little girl, I wasn't huge on. So as a grown up, it's mostly I'm down for the, the cast. You know, I, I'm here for a Cinderella story too with Selena Gomez, just like I was there for a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff. Like, I'm here for it, Camila Cabello, but like, I wish you could do something else. I, why, why do we keep doing Cinderella? There's like 800 million of them. Yeah, I have. I mean, this one's pretty good. This one, she doesn't become the queen or a princess. The prince leaves his okay. leaves the throne because she wants to be uh, a designer. It's pretty good. Amazing. So the, yeah, I love it. The prince, yeah. So I mean, it's definitely check it out if you have, if you have a moment. Camila Cabello is actually really good at acting too. So that it's refreshing. Oh shit! And I saw she's all that. Have you seen she's all that yet? Like uh, the original '90s Rachel Lee. Or, he's all that. He's oh. all that with Addison Rae. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I'll have to check it out. I I haven't heard of it. I haven't seen anything about it, but I'll I you was a fan of She's All That, so I will really? definitely peep. He's all that. Oh yeah, maybe this is what makes me feel like I am just in Generation Z's shit all the time. Too much. Yeah. It makes yeah, me very happy. With Addison Ray, huge from TikTok. It's okay. It's her acting I mean, debut. She okay. um I think she did a great job. You can tell it is her first film, though. And she's not. You can tell there was no training. Amazing. Uh, it, 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 it was good. She was good. Did you ever, do you remember that kid, Fred, who used to auto-tune his voice super high? And he had, like, some, you know, uh, straight-to-video movies and, like, Nickelodeon shows. Do you remember that kid? I do not. He was, like, a YouTube version. But I have to check this out because I really want to understand and, like, be here for... TikTok being a place where people come from. Like, I was here for people coming from YouTube, and I am right here for TikTok. I just, I need to get educated. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, of course, of course. So if there's nothing else you wanted to mention, and I have nothing else, let's just jump right in. How do you feel about James Wan movies, and what are some of your favorites? Well, I like a lot of his movies because I think they're really creatively shot. I love his filmmaking. I like the colors he uses and the scares, but I'm not like a huge fan of ghost stories just in general. So there is sort of like a ceiling on my joy around his movies. I I wish he would branch out just a little bit more. You know, I know he's done a Furious movie and I know he did Aquaman, but it's like, I want to see him contain all of his creativity in something legitimately dramatic, not just like a horror movie that has dramatic elements in it which I think he is really good at, for sure. What about you? Are you a fan of his movies? I'm a huge fan of his movies. I think that there are a lot of hits. There are a few misses, but yes. I'm just a huge fan of his. I don't know who his DP is, or maybe it's him leading the way there, but the way everything's shot, mm. um, it's just really unique. I'm a huge fan of long, creative shots. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah, he, like you've mentioned, you know, he, he's kind of a king in the horror genre, you know, like there are some hits and misses, but when he hits, he hits better than most. 
which oh, is a hard yes. thing to do. You know, like uh, that's not easy. There are plenty of bad, bad movies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think that he, I just love that he's really like in this horror universe. Like he understands it. I mean, the whole Saw franchise or a lot of the Saw franchise. So yeah, let's go through a couple of his films. For um, sure. You, you just mentioned Saw and I was going to say, you know that that is like a short that he and Lee Wannell basically did together to kind of do proof of concept. And that's how they get their start together, basically. Dang, I did not know that. Yeah, it was like some sort of eight minute short or something. And off of that, they were able to make the full film. And I love revisiting Saw because you can tell that they're these young, hungry filmmakers, you know, a fresh story, an interesting way of trying to tell it. And then this really interesting new kind of filmmaking that I think for me, the pinnacle really is um, Insidious. Like, I feel like that's when he went from being just a campy horror director to like a very serious director who does good horror movies, you know, Christopher Nolan style or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that Saw was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked one that <laughs> I can't tell, I don't think it's cheesy, but a lot of people shit on it. Um, I really love Dead Silence. I know you do. Uh, I know I'm a you huge do. Huge Dead Silence fan. I think it is so creative the way it was done. It's also a little scary, but uh, the the twist at the end. I think it's also because we don't in his movies we don't always get twists, but when we do, it's like oh shit, okay. So I'm a huge fan of that movie. What about you? I like the idea. I'm with you that Dead Silence has an amazing idea. I just feel like it's not quite grounded enough. You know, he is going to turn into such a gripping filmmaker as he goes on, because by The Conjuring 2, you know, you can feel those ghosts in the room with you. In Dead Silence, I feel like it's just too much of a cartoon still. You know, he's he's really picking it up. And the idea is amazing. Like, Lee Wannell is such a good storyteller and writer. But yeah, I, I'm in the crowd of shitters because unfortunately, <laughs> it's not my favorite. <laughs> um. It's so good. Well, what about, so I guess, you know, I haven't seen, and obviously Conjuring uh, 1 and 2, we'll definitely get into a little bit further, which were great. So what did you think about Furious 7 or Aquaman? Like, could you tell his directing style in those at all? It's obviously outside of horror. Where I, I have not seen these. So what were your thoughts? I mean, no, you know, like I always have to get reminded that it's James Wan who did Aquaman because it's so full of CG and there's no room for his filmmaking in a movie like that. I think what's interesting is I haven't seen Furious 7 in a while, but it's the last one Paul Walker appears in. So I think in many ways he probably did get a chance to, to bring more of his filmmaking. I just also know that those movies are kind of more about the action than they are anything else. So in a way, he's really not had a chance to get out of like a quote unquote genre movie. You know, he can't just do a film. I don't know. I guess that's why I enjoy him. But like, I am hesitant. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, speaks volumes for him. Like he definitely, you know, to get like an action movie like Furious under your belt and then just any sort of like comic book person. DC Mm -hmm. comic or Marvel like film under your belt it's definitely like okay all right you know those are pretty good yeah exactly exactly which you know at that point it kind of could look like all right well I I did it to do it but obviously I I I think it's hard score but it's like cool he was able to branch out and get these two in yes before we transition Insidious are there any other movies you want to kind of touch on no like I said you know this one for me is the pinnacle 
All right, great. Let's break down this super scary film, Insidious. Yes, super scary is accurate because this is one of our favorite kinds. It's a PG-13 movie that's scary as hell. Yes, it's so, yeah, uh, yeah it's like scary as hell. If you haven't seen it, Insidious is the story of a family struggling to find answers after their son falls into a coma. And all of a sudden, spirits begin popping up and the parents kind of learn that their son's soul has actually been lost in a place called The Further, a dark parallel reality, and that he needs to be rescued before a demon gets into his body. Pretty heavy stuff. Let's talk about it. Are you, are you a, as big of a fan of this movie as I am? Yes, I am a huge fan. I went to go see this without really surprisingly realizing what it was about. I think it was one of those like like Malignant or whatever's about to come out. We don't know a lot about it. Same thing with Insidious. I didn't really know what it was about. So it was awesome. It scared the fuck out of me. I love this movie. What about you? Same, same. I saw it alone in the theater, just bored on an afternoon. Jesus. I was like, oh, I think this will just be fun. I love scary movies. And I was so pleasantly surprised. I, I, I absolutely got scared. You know, there are moments in this movie that legitimately jump me still. And I'm just such a huge fan of, you know, the family dynamic. That's classic good horror. You got to have a good family. We got matching PJs. We got one of the queens, Rose Byrne, Jackie Q herself being a singer-songwriter, and classic uh, dad, Patrick Wilson, you know, the the scream king and wan king that shows up every time. Even the sound design and, you know, those really scary strings, you know, and the pianos yes, and shit. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, it fucks really me up every time. And I think that's the, yeah, exactly. And I'm always like, I feel like they make it so loud and so like, I can't, I don't, I'm, I'm going to sound like completely tone deaf if I try and like mimic it right now. But yeah, it's like <laughs> to get you unsettled or unnerved. And it's just like, ah, all right, what are we getting into here? Really good sound design for this movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we said, just great, great filmmaking. So yeah, let's, let's dig into some of those scenes because some of them have stuck with me in a way where when I revisit this movie, I'm like excited to see them because I think of them in between. You know, like the that open sort of flashback image, I I don't know why, but I really love the color of it. So it feels sort of like a dream I had at some points. I don't know. Do you like how the tone gets set? Do you like that little Easter egg at the top? I always wonder if people forget about it by the end. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. Well, and it's definitely like I like I like the intros to all these movies, um, mm-hmm. which I, I'll dig more into when we talk about Insidious 2. It's so funny, too, because with this movie, I also randomly watched Jurassic World, and I didn't realize the same boy. boy. It's the same boy. Yeah. Yes, I love it. We I looked him up, and I was like, that's right, Jurassic World. He's also, like, pretty cute today. Yeah, and he's of age, so we can say that. Yes, we can. Right, I think we, we can. safely can. Good. Thank you for checking. See, look at oh, me. Okay. I'm slipping. I have no <laughs> Actually, to be honest, I don't even know if he really is. I should look this up right now. I think he's 20. I feel like that's what I saw yesterday. Ty but... Simp- Simpkins. 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 Yeah, what a great career. Yeah, he's 20. What like a great career already. Like, Jesus. Right? And super cute. I'm excited for more because he is really good in this. It's like a bummer that he is basically sleeping the whole time. But he is really scary in some of those moments. Like, um, you know, when they're doing the seance and he comes yeah. up, he, you know, the, the table, he like hits the table and it 
everyone flies across the room. I love that scene. I really like a lot. One that sticks with me is when the mom hears something in the baby monitor, the voice. Yeah, yes. yeah. And then when she goes upstairs and you can kind of see something in like the curtains. Yeah, the curtains. And that scares the sh- That scene stands out to me so much. Oh, every time. They, of course, hit you with a really rough piano, like smash sound, right when you can see this thing standing behind the crib. And the scariest uh, moment to me is that same guy, the one that she can see behind the crib, when she wakes up in the middle of the night and someone is pacing outside, it's the same guy and he's pacing back and forth. And then all of a sudden he's pacing inside the room. That one always fucks with, with me. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, what a bad situation to be in. And what they end up moving. They do, which I always laugh at because in the end, he has to come back to that house. Because the demon sort of resides in that house. That's where he's holding the boy captive. And if they hadn't moved, we could have saved so much time in the further. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. That sort of like demon guy, I think he's the scariest piece here. The makeup for that character, the nails, the, the crackling sounds, so, so good. That, oh God, the, that scene where he, where the, where Barbara Hershey of Beaches Patrick Wilson's mom is telling them the story of, you know, what happened with Patrick Wilson as a child and being afraid of, you know, this this ghost woman that was following him and how when she sort of returns from the flashback right behind Patrick Wilson's face is the red demon is such a good shot. Such a good shot. My heart's beating just remembering it. Yeah. And it's definitely like it's kind of cool in this where like Elise and her investigators, when they get involved in this, it the tone just immediately changes. Like they know what's up. It's I just like how the vibe of it changes. Yes. Yeah. It's sort of it, basically it starts out and it's maybe just going to be a standard sort of haunting in Connecticut or something like that. And then it kind of becomes poltergeist a little bit more. It's very yeah, similar to poltergeist. Yeah except they go into the further in this one, whereas, you know, we just called to Carol Ann, who was in the further in Poltergeist. Carol Ann. Yes, Carol Ann for life. The other uh, thing that always sticks with me from this is the music, you know, the, the whistling that the demon does and the creepy record that the little boy who's running through the house and dancing around plays. Do you remember that part? It's like, you know it, you know it. I feel like there's a lot of great scares in this movie. Is there, you know, anything else you want to kind of talk about from this first one before we slide into the sequels? I think the ending scene where Lise like ends up dying because Josh, you know, strangles her to death. And then we see her dead body is just so like, what the fuck? That's I love where we leave it there. Um, But yeah, that's the last bit I wanted to touch on for this one. Yeah, the ending sequence, like through going into the further, rescuing his son, you know, facing down the leather coat ghost and the red demon guy, all that stuff is really, really cool. But yeah, the ending, it is an interesting kind of cliffhanger because I know Elise comes back in some way. Do you want to take us into the sequels? Yeah, yeah, of course. Have you seen any of them? So I think I've seen, I think I've seen them both, but. A long time ago. I really can't really remember, but I know I would have seen number two in the theater. I think I skipped number three, but I know I've seen number two. I just can't remember. You'll have to take me through it. So part two, you know, he picks up right away. 
we actually get to see nice. Elise like back in the day. I think it's like back in 1986 when she's first helping Josh. Got so it. It's, I think it's fun because we see that crew with her as well. I think it's just really creative that, you know, moving forward, she essentially is leading the franchise, even though we see her die in the first film. We actually, they actually put her in part two. And then I think again, in part three, with that said, was it the biggest fan? No, but I did like that they still put that character into the movie and had her lead it. I actually, fun fact, see that woman at the gym all of the time. You do? Yes. And I want to be like, oh, yes, I see Amazing. her all of the time. Teacher um, in Nightmare on Elm Street, creepy landlord lady in Kingpins. A queen. Yes. A queen. A queen. I saw Lost Keys. I think I fell asleep during that one in the movie theater, mm-hmm. which is great, you know. Great, great feedback. That is guys, a good, right? yeah, that's a good sign if you fall asleep in the theater that you must have really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Put me right to bed. <laughs> so I guess, you know, let's okay. jump into this. If this was happening to you, what do you think you'd do? Honestly, I would absolutely ask to be sedated. I would definitely want to be evaluated by a psychologist. I kind of wish that they just threw that into these stories because in many ways, these are like psychological. If for some reason I was psychologically sound, wasn't making it up, I'm going to do whatever ritual I need to do. Honestly, I will do whatever I have to do, you know, believe in whatever nonsense, go full skeleton key on it. I'm down. What about you? um die i would fucking die like to be <laughs> honest and try not to believe it i think you know i think we i talk about this all the time in this podcast with you mm-hmm. i think you know we let ourselves become open vessels to these entities when we believe it so obviously i'm like don't believe it obviously if i start seeing this shit then we're already way past that like i'm clearly mm-hmm. already believe it or and they'd probably go to a church i don't know what i would do and i think that you bring up a really good point there where it's like hey like are they is the medicine off do we need to get you something like you're, right? you're seeing stuff so i honestly i would freak out i'd probably call you actually you know what i'd probably call you to be real come over and like have a good talk with me and tell me i'm not crazy right now i think that's probably what i would do i wouldn't know what to do i mean right like it's because if the, you have to think like if this if that's real like i don't know i would lose it for sure It's true. I think that's why I go to the scientific route because like I'm with you. I don't really believe in it. So I don't think it could happen to me. So therefore, if it were happening to me, something would have been wrong with my brain now. Right. Well, that would be scaring the shit out of me. If you come to me and you're like, I'm seeing this stuff, knowing the way you think, then we're either in a horror movie. I honestly like, oh, my God, I think I think we're in a horror movie right now. So are there any other final comments on Insidious or this genre at all? I mean, honestly, I like James Wan, but I like him the best when he's with Lee Wannell. You know, when they work together, they just know how to write the story and then shoot the story. And I just feel like they're such a good team. It's crazy to encounter a writer-director team like that because I feel like it's pretty rare. And something I forgot to mention when we were talking about Insidious is in the murder family that's uh, in the further when Patrick Wilson returns to their old house, the woman who's playing the mom in that quick scene is the nun later. James Wan's really built a universe and the nun actress is a great example of like what it feels like or what can happen when you're in a universe rather than just one film. Yes, yes. And then I'm just a huge fan. I'm excited to see what else he does. I was really amped up for this episode just because 
it's fun to kind of dig into what directors and producers choose to work on and projects mm-hmm. you know, they're drawn to. So obviously with him, he's just naturally being drawn to horror. I just makes me, it was just really fun to take a moment to look into what he's done and what he will do. So yeah, those are kind of my final comments. So that said, that wraps it up for us. Thank you again for listening in and talking with us about Insidious and James Wan movies. Yes, and thank you again to Media Pollution. We'll be back for Stream Queens on Monday at 7 p.m. We're reacting and responding to episode four of the new Hulu original series, Only Murders in the Building. And make sure to follow us on Instagram. Stay up to date with all our content. I'm at RobAlex86, and she's at Movies. Please join us next week. We'll be talking about Sorority Row and Rush movies live on What's Your Favorite Scary Movie here on Stereo and available to stream on all the podcasting platforms. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you next time, guys. <laughs>